Welcome to the Saving Lives Podcast. I'm Eddie Joe. Today I'm going to be talking about colchicine and COVID-19. And the article I'm going to be making reference to is one that was published in JAMA Open. It was published on the 1st of June of 2020. And the title of the article is Effect of Colchicine versus Standard Care on Cardiac and Inflammatory Biomarkers and Clinical Outcomes in Patients Hospitalized with Coronavirus Disease 2019. The Greco-19 randomized clinical trial. That's, uh, that's, that's quite a mouthful. As I usually recommend, please check the show notes and get the links to the free full article and read it yourself. Don't trust me. I'm just a guy on a podcast behind a microphone. None of what I'm saying is medical advice, but I didn't need to say that. So let's get started. As I've mentioned many times before, either on this podcast, my website, my YouTube all my things on social media. I personally like readily available, inexpensive medications such as corticosteroids to treat our COVID patients. For the sake of sexy trial names, this study goes by Greco-19. And as you could imagine, it was, it was performed in Greece. Now, the following is my opinion from what I've seen personally taking care of uh, patients who have COVID. But others have say, said the same thing, but I haven't read you know, concrete data on it. To me, COVID has two different waves, the first being the acute viral illness and the second being the inflammatory phase, which we call cytokine release syndrome phase or cytokine storm. The first phase, you feel crummy. And the second one is when your body tries to kill you. Thankfully, not everyone progresses to the second phase. But what differentiates a person who goes into that second phase versus just hanging out in the first phase and getting better is completely unknown. It is our job as physicians, clinicians, and anybody who's trying to get these patients better is to mitigate the actual storm. This is the reason why I personally have been providing patients with COVID uh, in my ICU with corticosteroids from day one. I also was quite the fan of anti-IL-6 medications such as tocilizumab, but if you've checked out my podcast recently, you learn that the trial for tocilizumab did not pan out. In this case, the authors were investigating using colchicine as the anti-inflammatory agent. And I will have to say, these patients are not ICU level of care patients. A quick dive into the background of colchicine. Colchicine is possibly in the shelf of your parent or grandparent who has gout. Honestly, this medication has been around for quite a while. Cardiologists also like to provide this medication to patients who have pericarditis. The scope of this podcast, though, does not include a deep dive into this medication. Plenty of resources online for that. It's an anti-inflammatory medication that does not shred the kidneys like NSAIDs do. I personally am extremely hesitant to administer any NSAIDs in my ICU for that reason. I really like to protect the kidneys. The safety profile includes mostly GI issues, including diarrhea and vomiting. As you can expect, in this trial, the patients receiving colchicine had, go figure, much more diarrhea and vomiting, with the number needed to treat of just 3.6.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Looking into the study details, this was a prospective open-label randomized clinical trial where they assigned the patients on a one-to-one ratio to receive either colchicine or a control. And of course, there are many limitations to it being open-label. This trial also took place in April 2020. And by that time, we already had a little bit of experience taking care of these patients. They enrolled a total of 105 patients, and 55 of those patients were in the colchicine group, 50 of them were in the control arm. A confounder here is that the vast majority of patients received either chloroquine or hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin. So let's look at the colchicine dose used in this trial. They, they got 1.5 milligrams as a loading dose followed by 0.5 milligrams one hour later. Patients received 0.5 milligrams twice daily thereafter for up until the hospital discharge or up to three weeks. For some key background, when patients have gout, they get 1.2 milligrams initially followed by 0.6 every hour for 6 hours or until their GI symptoms start acting up. Again, GI symptoms are no stranger to colchicine. I'm not going to belabor you all with the primary and secondary outcomes because it had to do a lot with biomarkers, troponins, uh, other calculations that are difficult to explain and understand in the case of a podcast. I mean, just go look at the data yourself. Sorry to say that, but it's, it's, you'll, you'll basically switch off. But the real-world results that we saw, well, first of all, was no changes in biomarkers except for D-dimer, which was a little bit lower. The CRP was lower, but it wasn't statistically significant. And more than anything, they were looking for an effect on myocardial injury, and they didn't find it. What was interesting, however is that the cumulative 10-day survival was 83% in the control arm and 97% of the patients with the colchicine arm survived. We need to take into account the limitations of this because ultimately this was a small sample size and there's currently a larger randomized control trial that's taking care, uh, taking place in Canada right now that we should wait for. But ultimately it's worth, it's worth considering. In the control group, five patients needed intubation, three of those died. In the colchicine group, only one patient needed intubation, and they died. To conclude this podcast, let's look at some questions. Will I personally be using colchicine in my ICU level of care patients? The short answer is not right now. There's no data for ICU vented patients. My patients are already on dexamethasone and some other trial stuff. Could I potentially combine dexamethasone with colchicine. Again, this is not medical advice, but I might try that. I mean, I personally don't see any any interactions between the two, but I cannot recommend that you all do this as this is an off-label use with all the limitations that accompany that. Ultimately, this is not medical advice. Please check the show notes for links to this article and tell your friends about the podcast if you learned something or if you think this is interesting. I greatly appreciate your support, everybody. Have a great day.